We got here at 11 o'clock last night. First thing we did was go to the room to make sure the keys work, and then turn around and come here. We, we drank first. Well, we drank a little. <laughs> we, we drank a little and then shook, stuffed a cargo pants full of beers, and then came here. <laughs> and uh, it's been it's been fun. But the only celeb we saw last night was the was the Charles Bronson lookalike. <laughs> he was walking around the bar trying to pick up chicks with that Charles Bronson swag. There, well, there was this other guy at the bar last night. Everybody's in black t-shirts. Yeah. If they're not in costume, they're in black t-shirts. Right. And there's one guy in like a lavender suit sitting at the bar. Yeah. With, with a yeah. Uh, with a wireless like a Bluetooth speaker playing like playing music, music for the girl next. Yeah. For for the girl next to him, and whenever she, he realized that she wasn't gonna pick like he wasn't gonna pick her up, he like turned off the music and got up and walked away and like picked, started hitting on another one. <laughs> different table. It's the music man. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. Well, that's tenacity. Yeah. Hey, you know, what works, works. Right. <laughs> like, if it only works once, it worked. <laughs> yeah, this place is a pretty chill atmosphere for that kind of stuff. I mean, there's costume, there's not costume, there's drinking, there's not drinking. There's just plenty to do. It's, it is. Yeah. A sea of black t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier I was looking for you. I was like, okay, I'm looking for a white guy in a black t-shirt. That's going to be easy to pick out of this crowd. In Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I try. It's weird. I try not to wear black as much as I can because it's hot. Right. It's 100 degrees all the time. But you know, grew up listening to metal, and all your concert tees are always black. Anything, always. anything I ever want is black. Yeah. And so. Yep. And I'll even tell my wife because she's like, man, you need to get some new clothes. I'm like, okay, I need anything but black or dark blue. <laughs> Got that covered. And then, we, then we'll go to the store and she's like, you look looking in this one and it's a dark blue. <laughs> man. Are you sure? Yep. That's him. America's favorite stiff is back. That's Bernie Lomax. I recognize that smirk anywhere. But this corpse has a job to do. I found this in Bernie's wallet. It's a key to a safety deposit box in St. Thomas. That's the two million bucks that Lomax stole. It's noted as a personal entry. What does it mean? The only one who could get in is Bernie Lomax personally, and, well, he's kind of dead right now. We go back to the morgue. We get the body. We go to St. Thomas. We take Bernie to the bank. So they're packing him up. I think I'm going to sit down. Thanks. Get in there. And heading for the islands. Whoa! Downward! Whoa! But they're about to discover... Raise this man from the dead. He will lead you to where he has hidden the money. ...that Bernie Lomax is more popular than ever. Two guys! They're taking Bernie! Hey, 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 hey. He's in the fridge where we put him. You are in the power of the movie. You were supposed to be here guarding Bernie. Why would I have to guard a dead man stuck in a two-foot refrigerator? 
He's got style. Where is he now? He's so cute. He's got charm. How did you happen to meet old Bert? In the conga line. He's just got no soul. Right, this old dead man walking on the bottom of the ocean. Uh-oh. But that never stopped Bernie. Anybody from Tennessee knows that it's the three-star state because it's west, middle, and east Tennessee, and we try not to mix. In that order. In that order. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's what the three stars are. That's know, right. The volunteer the banjo, state. The bass, and the guitar, but they're just they're just trying to create hot chicken now. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the trend. They're like... Nashville's always been about hot chicken. No, yeah. Ever since. Never. No. <laughs> Four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess they decided that, you know, pulled pork barbecue was really gross, which it, it, it is. And, and I they like want it. to do. It, well, I mean, it's gross, but it sells. <laughs> and then now they're doing hot chicken because, you know, it. But it never has been a Nashville thing. No. You, you they, they, KFC's lying to you. It's, yeah, they, they come up with stuff like that. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like, like, I don't I don't remember when this was ever a thing. We, we, they have that in Texas, too. Yeah. And they'll be like, it's as Texas as this. And you're like, I've never even heard of that, and I've lived here my whole life. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, this is cool. I mean, we've, we've been talking to each other for, I guess, over a year and a half, two years mm-hmm. now. So to get together and actually kind of... Chat. Talk face yeah. to face, man. This is awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I think were y'all passing out flyers or anything last year? I'd seen your logo. Uh, I'd seen the Ming. You got the t-shirts. Yeah, last I had year. the t-shirts last okay, year. Okay, maybe I saw y'all walking around. But um, I remember because whenever, whenever y'all y'all linked up and I saw your logo, I was like, I just saw that logo somewhere. Like I, I know it. And you're like, oh, you're at Frightmare. I was like, there it is. Yeah. Like, so. I have like 2,000 business cards that I've had for two years. I, never, yeah. I, I even looked at them when I was packing up, but I never put them in the bag. So we, we took that initiative of like actually trying to promote ourselves, but then we just realized we're not that good at it, so we just let it work by word of mouth. <laughs> let it go organically. <laughs> yeah. I, I do the same thing. I've got order, order stickers, end up leaving them at the house, or we yeah. take my wife's car and... Like when we'll go someplace like a like a craft fair where I'm trying to pick up vendors for my show. Yeah. We get there. I'm like, oh yeah, there's in my other car. What up? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Advertising is tough. I mean, basically, it's all in boosted Facebook posts now. Sure. And. Yep. Uh, well, for Legion Podcast, which is what we're on, you know, as far as the, the network, it's kind of that same thing. We're starting to, they're really starting to focus more on social media, which they are not very good at either. So we are trying new things to try to get things out there. And, you know, it's it's a struggle because you're fighting a, a sea of stuff that's already out there. So Yeah. Well, everybody's got a podcast. And yeah. it's, 
you know, for, for us, I mean, we're, we're not unique because everybody's got a, you know, some kind of a commentary podcast or whatever. Um, so getting yourself seen, it, it's, it's almost that the face-to-face, like, here's a card, this is what I do, check us out. Then then you'll see, you know, somebody follows you the next day. As, you know, but you're not going to get a 1,000 followers going face-to-face unless you're really humping it. But what you guys, <laughs> what you guys do have, though, and, and, and that's kind of where this conversation always started was, you know, everybody, anybody can make a podcast that's three hours long. <laughs> yeah. You know, and being able to go to go in and, and crank out some quality material in a short period of time, in fast, out fast, that's what makes these things work, and, and that makes it more entertaining. And that's really kind of our thought process, too. And that's why you guys stood out to us when, when we listened to the show. It's like, man, these guys are in the same thought process of why drag it on? Nobody wants to hear that, oh, yeah, I had a flat tire today. and, and Nobody cares, man. A lot of uncomfortable silences. Yeah. Yeah, I felt, I felt kind of bad. There's an, another show that... Um, their logo looked cool, and I, I subscribed, and their description was cool, and it was like an hour of them all cussing at each other and yeah. interrupting, and you know, it's like as soon as one guy would start to get some kind of meat into his conversation, the other guy would cut him off and tell him he was dumb, and I'm just like, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it works in a conversation. Like you need to leave the room. Uh-huh. It works <laughs> in, a, in a conversation with friends at a party, you're drinking and cutting up, but whenever you're a passive participant, you're yeah. listening, like... <laughs> All right. What's that you know period there? Yeah. So that, that was another thing that was like with with Ming was just so cool was like y'all y'all, y'all both talk, mm-hmm. but you don't talk over each other, and you know well, you can interject. There's a difference, but you're not cutting each other off and being like, no, I've got a better idea, you know. <laughs> no, no, that's Danny. <laughs> <laughs> when I feel passionately about something. I will make sure to get that opinion out there. While it's but still there. <laughs> I, I try I try to make sure that, you know, everyone's represented. I mean just especially with these movies. I mean that that's the whole thing, that's the reason why there's no particular genre. Is it has to be a movie that I care about in some way. Otherwise the conversation's gonna be yeah, yeah, that that was great. Uh, I liked the guy's hair. You know, like, but if you like the movie, then you say, you know, you know why you should watch this, and you really believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the microphone is another participant in the conversation, and he's that guy in the corner that you're trying to get to watch the movie. Right, and from from Ming, even Short Bus, um, you know, like they, they, these movies suck. But I, I, I seriously have a like an urge to go watch them sometimes. I'm yeah. like, I like, I gotta see this. Like, it yeah. can't be that bad. When you talk about a movie, it's about an, a black exorcist. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that right there makes you want to go watch it. You know. Well, and the cool thing is, like, again, everybody like critical, especially with the social media, and everybody likes to go negative. It's like. Siskel and Ebert kind of set a, a tone for critical thought process equals negative. Right. You, right. It's it's like, if it's good, you don't talk about it. If you can knock it, then that's interesting. I don't do that. I don't. I try not to talk about stuff I don't like. Yeah. Um, because, like, like you said, it's, it, the passion's gone. I'm just like, yeah. I don't want to give that more time than it deserves. I'm right. Not, you know? Yeah. Um, now, if it's something that, like, he likes and I don't, well... You know, con- convince me otherwise, and we'll, you know, I'll like, take the lead on it and go ahead and discuss it. Same thing here. We, we, you know, there has to be an agreeing, agreeance there of this is what we want to do one way or the other. So, you know, we talked about earlier today, we covered The Punisher from what year? 1989. 89. And, you know, it's not one I really grew up watching, mm-hmm. 
but we we got back and watched it, and he was like, "I want to do this movie." And I was like, "Eh." And after watching, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, so that's I remember it being good. That's the beauty you know? of it. Like so, not 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 Academy yeah. Award, but it was a good popcorn movie. It was sure. fun. Yeah, yeah. Com- comparatively to the superhero movies of today, it, it certainly is lacking. But I mean, it was an Australian Punisher film with Dolph Lundgren about the Yakuza, <laughs> right. and if you just like, I remember the whole. There's some kind of a an ambush on the dock, and there are these scenes where they're throwing these spike balls. Yes, that's they, exactly what I remember. They show the the guy throw it, and they they show it flying through the air, and then they show somebody grab their neck, and it was just so cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like in ninja movies too. Yeah. Like I used yeah. to think that if I got a ninja star. Like it, it's it's better than a bullet, yeah. because you see in ninja movies, you know, you've got a little like two inch piece of blade that'll stick. And so if you know anything about anatomy, you know the first of all it'll just bounce off a bone and it might nick you. It'll hurt, but it's not gonna kill you. Like it's not gonna it drop fall you. Your back, right? You know? <laughs> but man, when I was a kid, I wanted those things so bad. My dad's Absolutely. like, my dad's like, no, you can't have a Chinese Chinese star. Well, why? He's like, because you'll tear up the fence. <laughs> <laughs> No, you wouldn't, because I tried, and those things would not stick in a fence or a tree or anything. They would just bounce off and come back at you. You'd have to really have some strength to get that. You'd have to take them to a grinder and yes. sharpen them up, because they, they're just a they're just a flat-pressed piece of metal. Yeah. You're better off with just a flat-hit screwdriver. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is what I ended up with. Yeah. I've got a bow and arrow now. Oh, yeah. And Because um, I, I collect weapons. I'm just that kind of a geek. and so. Yeah. But what's cool is my brother-in-law... He's the primary. So he'll buy something, and he'll practice with it, and he'll decide that he wants to upgrade, and then he'll dump off his old one to me for, like, super chip. So I bought, you know, he, he got this bow and arrow set. And we're in his backyard, you know, plinking stuff. He's like, you want that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll give you the whole thing for 150 bucks. It's like a $400 bow. I'm like, <laughs> so I set up a target in my backyard. My wife's, like, rolling her eyes. <laughs> She's like, you're going to shoot the dog. I'm like, not if she doesn't run in front of me. <laughs> Shoot it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now, now I get to do all that stuff that I couldn't do when I was a kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My daughter's like, Are you going to shoot arrows? Like, yeah. Yeah. Can I come? <laughs> yeah, just stand behind me. <laughs> and my dad was really into shooting too, so I grew up shooting a bow too. So that's that's just one of those things that I don't have a bow anymore, but it was just something we did all the time. So. They're fun. It is. That's actually how I put up my kids' swings. We've got a uh, big oak tree in the backyard, and the the lowest branch is probably 15 feet high. And so the first time I went up there to do it, I'm in the backyard. I'm standing on a ladder with a wrench tied to the rope, and I'm trying to throw the rope between the two little branches so that it gets in the right spot. I hung up the swings. It took me like an hour to get the ropes over the, the thing. Got it all tied up. And kids are loving it. I go outside and I look one day. There's a squirrel up there chewing on the rope. Mm. Like, man. So then, like, a week after that, my wife's sitting on the swing and the rope breaks and drops her on her butt. And uh, I'm like, okay, now I have to rehang this this swing. So I go get the ladder and I go get the wrench and I look up there and I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I go inside and get the boat. And I'm in the backyard like, <laughs> tied a string to the arrow, launching it over. <laughs> the neighbors looking at me. 
And now you got to take the bow out and wait for that damn squirrel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that's exactly it. Actually, I'm gonna get an owl house because we got so many squirrels. Oh. Yeah. We'll set up a camera this time that we have to let the squirrel choose it when Nate goes out there to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you can film the hilarity. That's true. <laughs> well, man, we got we got a nest up there, and I don't know what the deal is, but baby ones fall out all the time, and it's like a big horror show because the baby one will it won't be fully dead, but it'll fall like 30 feet. Yeah. So it's it's on its way out, and then the dog gets it and won't give it back, and then yeah. the kids are crying, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> We yeah, need to get it out. That's the hard and part of it. I think the point that we all have to take home here is that squirrels are bad parents. They are. They're, they're not. Regardless of what happens in your backyard, it all falls down to bad squirrel parenting. Yeah, because if they would just keep them in, in their, in their yeah, nest. Yeah, it's like you build a nest, make sure it's you know not one that they're going to fall out of. It seems like that should <laughs> get be some criteria high wall, Get one. some high walls on there. Yeah. Like, well, I stuffed it full of nuts, but there's no room for the babies now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should de-shell them first. Be a lot less room. Then there you, you go. The nuts with no but tree rats don't have that kind of that yeah. kind of intelligence. Mm-hmm. True. No, they're pretty. All they dumb. know is chewing through, you know, the ropes. ropes. <laughs> I was gonna say swing ties, which I don't think that's a thing. We've got my neighbor across the street. Really nice guy, musician. You know, just super cool dude. But he's. I don't know if he's half stoned or if he's just that way. You did say musician. Well, he caught he caught it. <laughs> we we had a rac, we have a raccoon problem in our neighborhood, so he caught one in a trap. And he texted me and he was like, "If you caught a raccoon, what would you do with it?" I was like, "I would uh, subsonic twenty two and put it in a bag because they're they're mean. I wouldn't even get close to the cage." And uh, so he didn't reply to that. And so then I saw him a few days later, and I was like, "So what'd you end up doing with the raccoon?" And he's like, "Oh, I, let, I took him out in the, in the reservoir and let him out." But what he did first was he let it out of the cage into his truck and drove around <laughs> with, with a raccoon in his truck. He's like, yeah, it's pretty chill. Shit everywhere, but <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, dude, you are insane. Yeah. Like, what it's made a, you a think caveat. that was a good idea? <laughs> it's a caveat for you. It's shit everywhere, but he was pretty cool. <laughs> he didn't bite me, so he's all right. If he ever finds himself in space prison, he's going to have a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Y'all seen the Avengers yet? Oh yeah. You know yeah, he hasn't. So. Not yet. So no spoilers. No spoilers. I don't, I, I don't mind spoilers. It's just it. it, it I, I kind of don't either. But I mean, you know, there's no reason to do that. I, I'll just say it was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Um, mistake to go on our anniversary date. <laughs> Because it set a downer for the whole rest of the evening. Yeah. They didn't really advertise that it was going to be a part one of two. And I think right. a lot of people go, went in going, well, you know, they're going to meet, they're going to get the stuff, then they're going to be done, and it's going to... And they're like, wait, wait, it's going to end right now? Uh-huh. Um, somebody had warned me of that, so I was kind of, I kind of came in knowing that there was going to be a continuation, so I knew that it wasn't going to resolve. A movie like that can kill all the romance and a woman's art. Big time. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> That, like we were supposed to go out and get drinks. She's like, I just kind of want to go home. <laughs> like, like, all right. <laughs> you see, have you seen the thing where Chris Pratt's getting all this hate mail? Nuh-uh. Because of his character in the movie, you know? Because he attacks Thanos. They got him. Oh yeah, almost yeah, got yeah. the glove off, and then and he punches he, him. And he freaks out. He's yeah. been getting hate mail like crazy. People's like, How can you do this? He's like. Dude, I didn't write. The, I'm just playing a character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's getting just. What was her name from Walking Dead? Lori Holden. 
I think she either she like went off Twitter or she locked her account because um, when she started sleeping with the governor, she was getting so much oh, hate. Sure. Like, how could you do that? And yeah. she even was like, I don't write this. Yeah. I, I I just show up to have, work each day. Have we just gotten stupider as a society yeah. over this stuff? Or <laughs> it's what? always been a thing, though. I mean, people used to be used to get to send hate mail letters to soap opera actors and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. in the south, they used to send people hate mail just, to wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> That shit was real. I'm talking to you, Tojo. <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn great kabuki. Well, they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> great kabuki. You start spinning yeah. around like that. There's a. <laughs> there's one of those meme things like um, it's like like the the. Now you know, or it's like one of those knowledge meme things that said that the the Coast Guard we used to get calls, or the Navy would get calls uh, when Gilligan's Island would come on, <laughs> and people would be like calling in, being like, "These people are trapped yeah. on this island. You need to help them out." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> really?" <laughs> they got a professor. What else they need? I know. <laughs> I, so I think it, I think the point is that. People have always been this dumb. It's just it was harder to get in touch with people. Yeah, it was yeah. Now, you can, now you can go Chris Pratt at Pratt 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 on Twitter. What? Why did you do this? It's why did I do what now? <laughs> yeah, right. Do I know you. He's like I'm fighting dinosaurs, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> so what we want to do is as a, as a civic duty for ourselves, we we want everybody out there that's mad at Chris Pratt for this role, start sending your emails to us instead. We'll answer them. We'll answer them. <laughs> we'll answer them. Yeah. Absolutely. Hailmingpowerhour at gmail.com. Yeah. Scary Dad, where's they at? Scary Dad two at gmail.com. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll we'll reply. We'll tell you why. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell you what's up. We'll be glad to answer for you. <laughs> Actually, we can answer your questions like like dear Abby. If you have like personal problems, you just need that some kind of clarity. Yeah, like, <laughs> when, but when, but when, if you seriously need problems, please call professionals because you know I don't want that on my conscience. Seriously need problems? If you seriously need problems, yeah, call me and I'll give you mine. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the lady that used to answer the mail? That wasn't Dear Abby, but in the Weekly World News, there was a woman that used to do. It. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so I would be like, I think my husband's cheating on me. She'd write back, well, maybe if you'd sleep with him every once in a while, he would. <laughs> Well, what was her name? There was, was it Ed, Joanne or something there were, there like was that? Ed Anger was the yeah, Ed was, was, was the, the grind my gears guy. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm pig biting mad about this. <laughs> Ed Anger, and, and they tried to do like a YouTube channel for him for a while. I happened across, but it just was missed. Time. Wasn't the same. Right. What was her name? Her name was like Margot. It was or, something like that. But yeah, her answers were like totally opposite of what did I just remember that Ren and Stimpy, where Stimpy was doing the right. writing the letters and right. he's being nice, and he's like, "I'm so tired," and Ren's like, "Well, I'll do it for you." It's like, it's like, dear, you know, dear Stimpy, my boyfriend broke up with me. He's like, maybe she, he did that because you're too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, licks the envelope and says it. It's That's kind of the whole easy. Ask Randy thing. Is, yeah. Too, you know, when we do Ask Randy on Hail Yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't need to eat as much. <laughs> we need to bring back Ask Randy Savage. <laughs> Do we even have one of those? We yeah, remember you did one where it, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you were out of commission, so I was like, I'll I'll answer the Randy question. It didn't say, Randy. It didn't say which Randy, it just said ask Randy. It didn't say it had to be a good impression. <laughs> The bad impressions are the best. The, those are the ones that t- t- you don't even do the voice. That cracks me up. You're like, let's go to this celebrity. And it's not even close. And it's just kind of sneering. And I'm just like, that is awesome. See, so you probably think that I'm not trying to do a voice. But I <laughs> just do a bad You weren't even trying. You didn't sound anything like, well, I was trying to. Well, no, there's, some, there's some times where it's pretty obvious that you're like just messing around. This. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the cool things you've seen here so far? 
Adrian Barbeau was mine. Adrian Barbeau. We just went to the Q and A. Listened to her to do the Q and A. She's awesome. I, I got yeah. to chat with. Still her looks great. Bit. Yes, she does. Yeah. Smells very lovely too. <laughs> <laughs> so I found. Um, I'll go look for vintage VHSs and oh, you know yeah. Halloween stuff at Goodwills. I found her book. I didn't realize it was her. It was just a horror novel, right. and uh, I picked it up and uh, glanced, you know, looked at the author and was like, this "Name sounds familiar," but I don't associate that name with books. Right. So I was like, Googled it. I was like, "Oh, like." Yeah, he so, knows that I'm a huge fan. So yeah. yeah, I was like, "Here, man, get her to sign that." So she was very impressed with that. So that was cool. Yeah, I mean, she was talking about her books earlier in the, in the Q and A stuff. So I mean, it was pretty interesting to hear her talk because she's not a horror fan. You know, she yeah. just kind of ended up you know doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. She started off on Maud, which I remember Maud yeah. back in yeah. the day. So, but uh, yeah, man, it seemed really cool. Yeah, Kane Hodder was awesome. He's ta- he's you know he's just answering questions he's talking to people he's taking time he's making his line long so I was like eighth in line and I was in line for like 45 minutes but still I mean it was it was really cool Cool. we met Gabe Kaplan Remember when yeah. Gabe Kaplan? He was really cool, you know. And we, we met. Uh, well, Roddy Piper was. Uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper was great. He, yeah. He's a good yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh, I. I <laughs> hell, man. Hell, man. <laughs> um, I, I wanted. Every time well, we met Gary Coleman. <laughs> yeah. He, well, that was just yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or was that just somebody wearing like the killer baby mask? Did you? You remember when Gary Coleman died? Somebody posted because he had that wife that was just like nuts and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Some somebody posted a picture of a Coleman cooler and it's like, man, she really cheaped out on the coffee. It was like, dude. And DDP's line would not move because he kept stopping every five minutes to do yoga and do demonstrations of DDP yoga. It's like I'm six foot four and I can lift my leg up this high. Because he'd go back, he'd go back to the next person, and then he'd stop. He says, "I can bend over this far. Do you see this?" It's like you get a free thirty day trial of DDP yoga with your uh, autograph. I wanted to, to say that uh, I want to give a shout out to Mondo T-shirts LLC. Because yeah. I got a killer T-shirt that was Skeletor arm wrestling Mr. T. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, they, they have a, a, an interesting selection of stuff. And that's what's so cool. Like. It's, it's very cool. These are great vendors here. Really, yeah. really great vendors yeah. here. That's that's pretty much. I was like standing in the lines because my mission yeah. was to try to get as many Jasons on that mask as I could. Right. Um, I'm only missing CJ Graham because his line is forever. I can't believe. Well, you probably would, but I can't believe part six is more famous than part four because part six was is a fun movie. It that is six was right at the movie. point where it was as big as it was ever, ever yeah. going to be. It was it was the equivalent of the uh, of the World Wrestling Federation cartoon show. You know, it was just like. All audiences aligned at that point. I mean, yeah. Think about this: the most successful uh, night round M Street is Part Four. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, because two sucked, so nobody wanted to see three, and then they, three redeemed right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I think you got a point. I think yeah. you know, that like like three set the stage, and then four they had reap the benefits. Yeah. I'm one of those actually like Part Two, but that's just me. I. I like it now. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, "This, it's breaking well, all the rules of yeah, the original. It wasn't what you expected. Yeah. Because you had but it he in. was still sinister, though. I mean, he was still evil. Yeah. And then part three, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, yeah. You know what? Six is pretty good. Like, like the, um, the, is that the one with the, with the, the 3D glasses that disappear when they, and then they use that no, to go into the, part 
five. Yeah. Is that Freddy's Dead? Freddy's, yeah. Freddy's Dead, yeah. the one that ends yeah. with, within 3D. And, Cooper's and, dad. And, and he opens his mouth and his face comes out of his mouth I at the end. I man. I saw that in the theater. That one's pretty good. Because like, they also have the little the little squirmy like Freddy heads sperm that are going around. <laughs> <laughs> that, that shit was crazy. <laughs> Every once in a while. Yeah, Every once in a while. I saw it at a dollar fifty theater, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was three D, it was just real fuzzy. <laughs> but does that beat what we saw last night? Yes. I mean <laughs> yes. Let me think about it for a second. So we saw the Italian ripoff Terminator two. Right, it was called Terminator Two or uh, <laughs> Shocking Dark. Shocking Dark. Yeah. yeah. I read about that one. Bruno yeah. Mattai yeah. is the director, which he's known for making the worst rip-off movies in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this one is no different. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there were scenes ripped directly from Aliens in it. I mean... And there was a Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. So they just took from Aliens and Terminator and tried to make a movie. It's on YouTube. So if you're stupid enough to want to go watch it, have at it. <laughs> Give them a view. It's going to be on short bus, I can tell you that. Awesome. It will be on short bus. <laughs> I'll wait for that. Is that'll it as bad that'll, as that'll hit all the high points. That's Is it as bad as Rotor? Have you ever seen yeah. Rotor? Yeah. Okay. It's, it, well, it's right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is uh, the, the acting in this one is dicey. <laughs> and the mega squad though the mega squad we're the mega squad mega they have to remind themselves when they get scared every time they're like space marines except well it's like in the future and you can tell because they're wearing jumpsuits that just have vests with like with like pop up it's like they ripped yeah. it's like they took the outfits from V yeah and okay. tried to make them and they ripped the the, uh, the arms off, off. Yeah. <laughs> and then they worked for throw those out they worked for <laughs> the tubular corporation they worked for the well yeah, there was the the representative of the tubular corporation who, of course, <laughs> locked two of the characters in a room and turned off the monitors so that they could get impregnated by the genetic monster. Yeah, no, no alien ripoff at I all. I mean, it's nothing like aliens though. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you were talking about the uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the tubular company locking the two. It's, it's, almost, the same, it's almost the same thing and about the same quality of movie. <laughs> Uh, but we're, and we're going to go see what today? What is it? Uh, the bus. The uh, what is it? Squirt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah Squirt Reynolds. Reynolds. We're going to see the, the Blood true. Ballad of Squirt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a short. So. Throw that other one on him, though, man. Oh, and, and I, I happened to pick up a, a, a flyer for Hanukkah, the night Hebrew came home. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can't see the picture because this is audio, but it's a hand <laughs> holding a dreidel knife. <laughs> and it's dreidel, just dreidel. like the cover of Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it looks like Halloween. Right. To be stabbing somebody with a dreidel, which would be very difficult to do. I really How hard that would be to do. I really just picked up the Hanukkah one so that if anybody handed me a flyer, I could hand this back to them. It's like a square pig in a round hole trying to get that into somebody. So, yeah, we were walking through, people just handing you stuff all the time. So, he started collecting stuff, and then when somebody handed him something, he handed him something back. <laughs> It reminds me of being my buddies at uh, when I worked in the all field. We take different people's business cards and go to the strip club and just hand them. Get <laughs> 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 oh, somebody in trouble that way. Mm. Oh, me for laughs in the in the office though, because we were all in cubicles in the same room. It was like seventeen cubicles in one room, and you'd hear a phone ring and somebody say, "God damn it, I told you it ain't me." <laughs> I used to work at a sporting goods store, and we had an internal phone system that you, you know you'd call to a uh, main line, and then they. Uh, 
yeah, transfer right. you to transfer other departments. Um, but you could dial out. So this guy, he, he comes in one day and he's like, dude, check this out. If you dial 1-900 in any combination of letters, it's usually a phone sex line. So he's like, so watch this. So he dials up and they'd give you like a 30 second preview. It'd be like, hey guys. And it's like, come see all the naughty blah, blah. And so he'd dial like the 1-900 and then he'd transfer it to another department <laughs> and we'd like watch to see who did what. And most of the time people would pick up and listen and like hang up. <laughs> Every now and then somebody'd pick up and listen and like kind of, <laughs> and you knew what was going on. We'd be laughing at them from across the thing. They like see us like <laughs> hang up. It was great for pranks. We used to call the like we'd call the hunting department. My buddy Max, he calls up the hunting department. It's like, hey, y'all need a wait waiting period to buy a shotgun? The guy's like, why are you asking? He's like, because I got business to take care of and I don't need to wait. <laughs> the guy's like, well, you're not buying it from me. He's like, he's like, you don't know who I am. <laughs> so then they like beep beep like no gun sales for like the next two hours or whatever like until like from now until closing we're not and we're like oh shit that kind of went over we shouldn't have done that <laughs> so you like part six friday the 13th that, was that part friday, six was that friday freddy's dead yeah i just no, no, the, no, 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 no. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Oh, Secret Friday the 13th, Grams, part six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, re I rewatched that again not too long ago, and it's fun. But it's a fun, yeah, it's fun. The DVD fun. transfer, it looks paper, or it looks like plastic. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you have to put it on, on VHS because other, cause VHS kind of airbrushes it out. Yeah. Otherwise, it looks like a guy in makeup. It's yeah. like all the kills look like. It, it doesn't look right, and I'm like, oh, it sucks. And you watch it on VHS, it's all clean, you know, it's all fuzzy. And, and I'm funny about this whole, <clears throat> you know, remastering all this stuff because some of them don't need it. Mm -hmm. Right. They need it, but they look that way for a reason. Right. When you start cleaning it up, you're going to see things that make you go, oh, man. Well, we were talking earlier about how, you know, that the practical effects of the day, just digitizing it just takes away their magic. Yeah. And the like Wizard of Oz looks scary. It's yeah. all plastic. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, does, it looks like a, an amusement park ride. It does not look like a magical fairyland. Yeah. And my, my daughter was like, my, my wife's like, oh, you got to watch this. And put it on it. My daughter's like, I don't like this. It's scary. <laughs> but a great example of it is in Airplane. Uh, if you watch the DVD, the scene where the doctor's on the phone and the heart's bouncing around, yeah. on the DVD you can see the string because uh, it's not kind of hidden with the, right. the non-digitized VHS copy of it. Right. Because it takes so much away from it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I go I go back in time. I was like, where are you buying all these VHSs? i got a kick-ass horror collection on VHS. Yeah. And uh, I'll go, and I, I'll... I'll have the movie on DVD or it'll be on Netflix. I'm like, nah, I'll just throw in the tape. Plus, you stop a tape, it stops where you stop. Yeah. You can take the tape yeah. out. You don't watch it for two years. It remembers where you left it. <laughs> <laughs> two years later, I don't think I'll finish that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I'll, I'll buy them from Goodwill, and you'll see where exactly where this, this movie was no longer. Like, they right. stopped watching it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, not every movie is like pieces and requires uh, you know, digital remastery, right? I mean, that's that's an example there. I, I just I question some of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a money grab, really. I mean, you, they're remastering it because they have the technology, but ultimately they want to put it in a new box and put a new cover on it and get more people to buy it. And they know there's the a market the for it, right? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, come on, remastering Doctor Butcher MD. To be come fair, on. like I remember back. In the 90s, when they started coming out like digitally remastered CDs, it's like Leonard Skinner remastered. I'm like, 
it sounds the same. It doesn't sound any different than the, the other one. They bumped up the game. But it's the, digital, the, dude. They bumped up the master volume. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it. Well, it's slightly louder. Yeah. But it's it's not like they crisped up the guitars or anything. Right, it's just right. you know louder, and. Uh, so I, I didn't really buy it, but now like with the digital transfers, you take away a lot of movie magic. Yeah. So like you, you get an HD, you get an HD TV, and then you plug a coax cable into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, and you really just see purpose. how crappy it can be because you see what potentially it could be. Well, it's bizarre. So like whenever you buy an, an HD TV, you it comes in in like I guess it's called flash mode. Yep. And that's what makes your great movies look like soap operas yeah, because right. it, it digitizes everything. Yeah, right. You have to go in there and take that off in order for things to look More you like know, the way they're supposed to look. Yeah. Um, and it drives me nuts because like my sister, they keep it in that. So they'll be watching like, uh, like Oh Brother Where Art Thou where it's all sepia toned and yeah. it's supposed to look old and it it looks like it was made on you know on a on a handy cam, right? And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, You're ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's definitely ones that need it, and there's some they just need to leave alone. And you know, I, I you, you, but that's a personal preference too. It's like going back and you know the whole thing. We watched a documentary or not a documentary, but a review on another crappy ripoff Italian flick. But the guy was talking about eventually they will remake Jaws. Regardless of how bad we really don't need it, somebody's going to do it. Well, and, as long as Steven Spielberg holds the reins yeah, on that, I doubt yeah. it. And because I, uh, he, he lost his ass, or not, he didn't lose his ass, but he got so much flack for going in there and digitizing E.T. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm like, hoping that kind of keeps yeah. things at bay because yeah. it's not needed. It's mm-hmm. not needed. You know? Uh, well, he has said that he's not going to, he's done with that. That, that idea is at its time. Yeah. He won't be remastered. There's, there's, there's no sense in it. It's a classic for a reason. It hold, And it holds up. The movie right. still holds up. Yeah. Jaws no is still scary. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Even even the, you know, it's a suspension of disbelief, but there's like probably 45 seconds of Mechanical Shark in the whole movie. Yeah. All the rest of it is fins and screams. Psychological. And, you know, you and it, it Tanks floating up. in the water just representing the shark there. So, it, and... I love this argument that people have about it not being a horror flick and stuff, but the thing is, is take your butt down to the beach and get out of the water and tell me you don't start going. Mm-hmm. That's fear. That's horror. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Alamo know? Draft House in Austin, they do a an event and it's Jaws on the Lake. And yeah, I saw they, that. Yeah, you go and you sit in a in an inner tube and you watch Jaws on a screen in in a lake at night. Won't happen. So you say Johnny's from uh, San Marcos. Mm-hmm. There's a place outside of San Marcos called Aquarina Springs. And now it's like a, a, a research facility. They do all kinds. But it's a big natural spring, and it's like crystal clear. And you can see the bottom. From, it's like 30 feet deep, and you can see the bottom from, wow. the, from the top. And it's all these natural springs. And they filmed the movie Piranha there. Ah. And they've got this species of perch that live in the lake that are, they look like piranha. And that's why they, they, they filmed it there. Um, but you can see these these perch swimming around down there and they cluster and they're not they're not piranhas but they look like them yeah and you used to be able to go swimming in that little pond and it would scare the bejesus out of you if you knew if you knew the movie piranha right like you touch it and you look and they they look like they're they don't look like they're far away because the water's yeah, so clear yeah, and yeah you, 
you know they're not, but you just don't want to mess with them. <laughs> yeah. like, so. uh, same thing with when the alligator came out. When you saw that on TV and the, the kid gets pushed off in the pool, I remember as a kid going, I ain't getting in no pool. Put me an alligator in it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh, and we've got alligators. Sure. Yeah, they. So, did you see around when, when um, Harvey hit Houston? And did you see my Facebook yeah, post yeah. about we were helping my friend tear out their house and and it is like the most Texas thing ever. But their street was still flooded. So we had to get in through by monster truck. So big big monster truck taking us to this house to muck it out, to take tear out the walls and everything. So we we're there for a couple hours. And then so my friend comes out and she's like, Hey, if you wanna go the truck's coming and the truck was pulling a boat so you could on a trailer but you could get on the boat so they could get more people out of the neighborhood but the streets were were still flooded and so we're standing there waiting for the boat and somebody's like what is that look across the street there's a feral hog in the backyard of somebody else's house across the street busting the fence trying to get out and those things are mean. They'll rip you up. They're they're fearless and they're tusked and they'll rip your guts out as soon as they look at you. And they're they were also terrified because there's yeah. So my friend's wife or my friend's husband, he's like, oh screw that. He goes in his house, gets his crossbow, gets in his kayak, rows across the street, plugs the hog <laughs> in, in the front yard of this house, and then we can't leave it there because there's no trash coming. So it's just gonna. So we're like. Big monster truck Jeep pulling a John boat with all of us in the back of it with this hog hanging off of it, cruising through a suburban neighborhood. It's not it's not the boondocks, it's just like a suburban neighborhood in, in, in Houston. And we pull out and the cops are looking at us like, what is going on? We're like, not even actually driving the boat, playing pretend boat, because right. it's on a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, man, the only thing that would have made this more Texas is if we would have had giant flags, flags. on the back of the boat. What are burgers in your hands? Hey, uh, <laughs> it's insane. Awesome. You see some stuff. But <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then I went over to his house and recorded an episode. I was like, dude, dude we've got to hit record on this. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Uh, so what you guys got coming up next? You, uh, you just did Destroyer. Uh, we are going to do Army of Darkness. Yep. Nice. Because uh, with Ash and Evil Dead being canceled and the end of Ash supposedly forever. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, We've done Evil Dead 1 and 2, so we thought, well, this would be a good way to... Round it, it up. Yeah. And fun movie. Another fun movie. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. Army of Darkness is great. Oh, yeah. The one-liners in there are just phenomenal. <laughs> and I say it all the time, but the fact that there's a woman named Sheila back in medieval times is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So just everything about that movie. I, I remember going to see it in the theater, and it felt like the movie was maybe 20 minutes long. It just flew by so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that says a lot for it. It's, there's so much in it, like when he tells her, just pillow talk, baby. Just pillow talk. And I'm like, did they have pillows? Did they sleep on hay and shit back then? But <laughs> well, he even says that. He's like, oh, I guess you don't know about closing the barn door. <laughs> oh, you and your, all your primates. First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Ash is in full effect in that movie. Oh, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's what concretes what became that Ash character, is the way he handled... 
yeah. sainthood, you know. It established <laughs> the mythos. He yeah. like brought him to, to where he Right, he, he just yeah. took right. it and he accepted it as it is. Yeah. I got the book. Now I went back. <gasps> like in the deal. <laughs> Listen, spit you, want <laughs> <laughs> you want a little? You want a little? Huh? It's funny. You you're doing your... And I want to definitely shout out your YouTube thing you're about to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're, I was watching your your early, yeah. you know, and you're sitting there talking about Evil Dead. And one thing about Evil Dead 1 that always drives me nuts is, I'm sorry, if any of y'all turn into a demon for any period of time, <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a lamp. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to bring that axe down. You've been, atta- you've been chasing me around and attacking me with shit coming out of your face for a half an hour. And then you're like, change back for a second. And you're like, I'm back. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's all good. Let's get a, go get a burger. Right. Like, no way. I'm at least going to tie you up. I'm not going to like, yeah. just like, okay, well, let's go solve the rest of this mystery. Like, it just doesn't make, I'm yeah. like, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't mean that short mystery. Stay right or- there. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it's uh, it's just the Evil Dead stuff to me, and and we always get on our soapbox about it. We just we think it's such a big game changer as far as horror flicks, and and you know you get your avid fans about it, but you get the ones that kind of fight you on it and stuff. Yeah, it's not a slasher flick, and I'm fine with slasher stuff, but man, this thing just changed all the rules. Yeah, um, you know. It, it doesn't get enough credit, and I, and it's turned into something totally different because of Ash becoming this character. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, man, there there's enough shock in that first movie. I mean, and even the remake. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job with the remake. I haven't seen the remake. I'm we're kind of anti remake. That, that's one I'll recommend. Cause okay, because I actually like the Friday the Thirteenth remake. It's not um, bad, but uh, you know, it, again, it's not high culture. Yeah. But it's it's a fun little jaunt, you know. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, was that 2013 that they mm-hmm. remade? Yeah, Evil Dead. Give, give the Evil Dead one a shot. Okay, yeah. I'll have to do that. I mean, because I'm an avid Evil Dead fan, and I even said, you know what? Okay. Not bad. Cool. Not bad. So give awesome. give that one a shot. Most other remakes, I'm gonna say, yeah, skip it, man. Most of them are like duty on the street. They just sit there and stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to compare like anything made before to anything made now because now like we've talked about the, the clarity of what you can do you know the, the, the image clarity itself is a character in the movie mm-hmm. you want to compare something that was made in 1981 to something that was made in 19, or 2015 yeah. you can't because yeah. you know everybody has to look super good because you're going to see every crease in their forehead so actors are different mm-hmm. everybody you know is able to to get you know like they're just the way they can manipulate these things makes movies completely different now look at the end of of Infinity War and look at the list of people that worked on this Joker. Yeah. You know, if this thing was made in the 80s, it wouldn't be half that many people. Right. You know? But it's that, all CGI. I think the credits were so long because I had to pee so bad. <laughs> right. I was, I was no, like, they were long, dude. Yeah, well, they were, but man, it's like, because usually, you know, you're waiting for that in credit scene. <laughs> yeah. <and> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Howard the Duck. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> man. But yeah, you're talking, well, and I like I like the old movies, and you know the one like the you know sure. the Frankenstein Dracula Absolutely. creature from Black Lagoon and stuff, you know. Yeah. But again, like you said, you're not going to take you know just compare them like Shape of the Water and Creature. Like, you just can't. You can't, you know. Right. But you take somebody and you set them in the dark and you put on Nosferatu from 1922, mm-hmm. and tell me you don't sit there in the dark and not get creeped out a little bit. Oh yeah. The the magic is still there. Well, 
and on our show we've talked about a lot my dad whenever I was like 13 14 he comes home from the video store with a stack of movies and he's just like these are movies you have to watch so he and I was sitting there watching we're talking like Cool Hand Luke yeah. The Great Escape you know Paul Newman movies Steve McQueen horror movies you know the original Dracula the original Frankenstein yeah. you know just all of this stuff The Birds Alfred Hitchcock you know sure. straight through and so like as a as a teenager you know, we'd sit there and like pop popcorn and watch movies. Mm-hmm. So I have this appreciation for stuff that I probably wouldn't have watched until later at some point. But you, you see the how creative they had to be with what they had. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and like the creature from the Black Lagoon, that dude is swimming. Yeah. <laughs> There's no CG on that. With all that crap that, on That dude is, and, and you see how deep he is, too. Like, yeah. Because you can see the surface. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's down here, and she's there, and that's live. Yeah. You know, that dude's holding his breath. And it's... It's that's, amazing. They don't, I mean... Yeah. There's another thing, too. Is you notice in that swimming scene where she gets away from the boat, she's just all swimming. Like, man, she's really swimming far away from that boat. Yeah. <laughs> like... I don't. I don't think the OSHA rules will let you do that anymore. Like she's she's at work technically. You know she's a scientist. Right. They would they wouldn't let you swim that far from the boat. <laughs> <laughs> there might yeah. be, might. You you have to put yourself in the mindset of when these movies were made and and again, doing with what you got. You know I mean that that's the name of the game. So for the time set of what you had and being able to pull this stuff off and still make an impact now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Look how simplistic of a movie this thing is. Yeah. And still, you take people that's never seen it and set them it's down. It's hard to watch. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's gritty in your face. Yeah. Still makes an impact. And there's some movies that just that hold up so well. And the big one I've been on the soapbox about lately is The Crow. Yeah. You know, the original Crow, the fashion isn't out of style. You know, the, the acting is excellent. It holds up very well. People should still be watching it. You don't need to remake a movie like yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. And Alex Proyas is an excellent director. Like, he, he went on and did Dark City. Yep. Uh, he did that that one with Will Smith. Um, this uh, the sci-fi. It's the iRobot. Right? Yeah, iRobot. I mean, that, that's all his. I mean, he's he's a talented director. Yep. Plus, the Crow was a story clamoring to be told. You know, they, yep. they had a fan base. Um, I love the comics when they came out. Just the story yeah, is. The, like you said, the it was kind of timeless in a yep. way. And well, it really paved the path for all these other comic book movies that we've got that are more on the darker side yeah, of things, too. Yeah, comic book. All your preachers and all this stuff is totally because The Crow did yeah. what it did. I mean, Late. You yeah. know, all those. Yep. And, yeah, I remember I wrote a blog about it. Like, I remember now you think about Brandon Lee, but he was nobody. Yeah. The Crow hadn't come out. Mm. He he was Bruce Lee's son, and I think they had a blurb or two about an upcoming movie because the soundtrack was going to be a bigger thing than the movie was. And then he, you know, like he died in, right. in pre, you know, before yeah. it was over, and it got attention on the movie, so everybody was kind of curious because it was kind of a coda to, you know, to the, to the Bruce Lee story. So that got some attention, and I almost feel like the movie itself, when it came out, was almost overshadowed. It was definitely overshadowed yeah. by the fact that he died. Right. And I remember reading some reviews that, like, this is an okay movie um, that's getting, you know, just it 
it's getting 15 more minutes than it should because of the of tragedy the around it. Yeah. But that's not true. Like that movie is a good movie from yeah. start to finish, yeah. and it's I mean, and it like you say, it's timeless. Yeah. Um, there's not there's nothing in there. They're not using. It's not like Terminator 2 where he's like using outdated lingo and right. you know all that stuff. I mean, it's and it, it's a, it's almost time time capsule. It, it could take place in any city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's the dark side of any city. Robocop, same scenario. Yeah. That yeah. Same kind of underbelly of the society kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, Brandon Lee was... On, this was going to be the movie that made him a superstar. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he was in what, Rapid Fire. Showdown in Tokyo. Yeah, Showdown, Showdown in Tokyo with yeah. Dolph Lundgren. He was in yeah. Rapid Fire with, with Ernest Borgnine. Uh, yeah. Was it, or was that Laser Fire or something like that? It, it wasn't good enough for me to remember. No. I think it was Rapid Fire. I think this one was. Yeah. yeah. I had the, the VHS back in the day. But those those were those were just those stepping stones, and this was going to be the big thing. So it's yeah. just... It's really wow. I mean... And now you're going to have, you know, pretty much a generation that Jason Momoa is going to be the crow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, someday. Or maybe not. Because, <laughs> you know, you think about the, how much traction some of these have, have gotten. I mean, you talk about Total Recall, and the only reason people don't think about the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger one now is because they didn't see it. But they don't talk about the new one either. Mm-hmm. Right. It, right. It's just the same thing with traction. Conan. You know, no, it didn't need to be done, so when yeah. they did it, nobody cared. Yeah. Fright Night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Fright Night. I mean... They're, they're, it's okay, it's, but it's not. It's not Fright Night. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Sorry. so so much of the charm in Fright Night, other than the fact that it was horror, was. Go ahead and say it. Tom Holland. What? <laughs> Roddy McDowell. Well, Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Well, for sure. well no, I'm, I'm talking about like the kind of they did that self-aware thing that the, yeah. that Scream did that was so revolutionary, mm-hmm. but they were self-aware like in the movie, like yeah. they they. There well, was Rear Window. In that yeah. movie, horror movies exist. Where it's in so many horror movies, they yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, there's no, they're, no, they're no, completely no. unaware of zombies in zombie movies. Like yeah. it's a new thing, and so it was a self-aware, and it was kind of it was a little tongue-in-cheek, um, and but the horror was real. So they didn't they didn't go comedy. They didn't you know they stuck with hard horror with a little bit of a light-hearted yeah. approach, and it just. Work the chemistry between the characters and you know that stuff. It's it's perfect. And then like whenever they remade it, I didn't even see it, but just kind of the, some of the cutscenes. I'm like, I saw they, it. They went dark with this thing. Yeah. And it's it, just, I mean, they couldn't have the same movie, so they didn't try to do the same movie. And I give them credit for not trying to redo it. But when you talk to Tom Holland, who by the way is is fantastic, we yeah. we saw him. Uh, we went up to uh, Chicago Comic Con, and they had a theater a couple blocks away. And they did uh, Fright Night one night, and Tom Holland was there, and Bruce Campbell. He and Bruce Campbell, him. and Bruce Campbell uh, introduced a, a, a Bubba Hotep. It's a it was an amazing time. But we got to talking to Tom Holland, and we were listening to him, and that guy just knows and loves movies. Yep. And he said, "Well, I wanted to do Rear Window, yep, and I wanted to do it as a vampire movie." And I thought. Who do you not listen to? You don't listen to teenagers. Mm-hmm. So I got this teenager who sees things, and the adults don't listen to him. Right. And and it adds this whole claustrophobia in the situation because he can't go outside for help. And it wasn't just a vampire movie, and it wasn't just a remake of a vampire movie. Tom Holland had a story in mind, and mm-hmm. he had a, a really detailed idea of why it would work. And it did. Yeah. Fright yeah. Night is... It's got to be top echelon. It's got to be top ten for me. Yeah, Fred, did I ever yeah. list anything? And to see it again in the theater, the way you're supposed to see it, that's yeah. awesome. It was it inc- makes a huge difference. It was incredible. We had, a, I mean, it just really made you a fan of that movie again. 
There's a scene where he's on the phone, and uh, in, in the and, dance yeah, hall. in the dance hall, and the vampire is is uh, is seducing his girlfriend while he's trying to get help. Well, I'd only ever seen it panned and scanned, right? So it was three by four. It was for a TV screen. What I didn't realize, and I saw it in the theater, is that you can see them in the background while he's on oh, the wow. phone. Oh, that, wow. That's just cool. It, it changes the whole it scene. Creeps it's creeps it. It's yeah. very Alfred Hitchcock at that point because, you know, it's, it's kind of like at that point it adds the suspense that if he just turns around, he'll see it. Right. Whereas before you kind of thought, well, he's in the back of the club and he doesn't even know what's going on, but he's so close. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was really amazing. Yeah, I love, I love Friday night. Oh, yeah. When we were here last year, walking around, seeing all the... I didn't stand in on the lines because I just didn't have the time. But, right. But uh, seeing seeing everybody from Fright Night, and I, I did meet Chris Sarandon, and yeah, um, that was really cool. You know, it's like, well, you're in three of some, you know, three of some of my favorite movies. Yeah. You know, you're in Nightmare Before Christmas, you're in Fright Night, and you're in and Jurassic uh, Park Part Two. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna say Princess Bride. Yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one too. It's, it's down the list a bit, but hey, Hubbardick, Hubbardick. <laughs> Princess Bride is yeah. is brilliant, and it is. I remember when it came out, I felt like Fred Savage. I'm like, why am I watching a thing called The Princess Bride? Right. Mm-hmm. But then it comes out, you know, you watch it, and you're like, this is awesome. You know what's you better know? than Princess Bride? Princess Bride Part Two. <laughs> The sequel. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like the magical antelopes. The magical antelopes that attack Fez. We, we <laughs> yeah, we did. We did a farcical no. one. Okay, I was like, wait a second. I, I don't know. Not familiar. <laughs> Anything could be made. It was our episode nineteen. Okay. Yeah, where we made up. We did a, a farcical where we yeah we had fans vote on an episode of what fake movie would you want us to cover? Oh, okay, okay. And it came out to be the Princess Bride Part Two. As or, you wish to. As you wish to. Yeah. Which yeah. may be getting Princess Bride Part Three. I don't think so. I think that we we just put up a poll for a new farcical episode, and I think what's currently winning the last time I looked was Little Trouble in Big China. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> like stubs their toe in Shanghai or something. Yeah. It, it really just becomes a, a like we all make up our list of things that happened in the movie, and then we try and make the other one crack. Well, That's our, how those work. Our time machine sound uh, came from that episode where we did yeah, the Princess Bride because he couldn't hold it together at all. I, Between that and Gregory Hines <laughs> as the dancing apothecary, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, but to the point of like how good movies look now, I think that's why you have so much found footage as a as yeah. a genre. Yeah. Because people are trying to find a way to pull the reality out, but still feel like they're in it. And and yeah. you know, so you get the grainy footage that makes you. It, it's almost like in making you believe that it really happened, people are able to recapture some of that. That suspension of disbelief, the awe, you know, it, because now everything looks so good mm-hmm. that you kind of have to make it look bad so you can stop trying to pick out what doesn't look good. I, I don't even know how to really explain it, but it's there. I, I think, honestly, I think there's a there, there's a quantity of content that's available, but I think I think the amount of good writing, just in in general, good writing. <coughs> Has has gone down, yeah. um, and I know this because, like, if you look at it, like one of the top movies, it, okay, that's a hard movie. To, that's a hard book to condense right. into into four movies, much less two. Right. But they 
they but they're taking a very good core story to adapt. You know, it's like you're talking about Jaws. There has not been a good shark movie Absolutely. since Jaws. Yeah. There's been fun ones, yeah. but there's not been one that made you scared. Right. Um, and I think because they're 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 not taking. They're, they think the whole thing that the scary part is the shark. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, he's. It, it's the monster. It's what'll get you. But you have to have compelling characters. Right. That's not the shark was not what made Jaws good. And so you have to have good writing. And I think there's so much because even even whenever you're making a movie, you can you can make a moderately good story look really cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you if you're looking at what's really hopping right now, it's like Stephen King. Yeah. Well, that's just been around for thirty years, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. so, he wrote books about writing books. Yeah, and I read that book, and that's what I use is like I have that in my head. It's like use adverbs sparingly. So if I feel like I need to use an adverb, I don't, and then I'll go back and be like, would that help? Yeah. You know, but I like it's tough. But then you know you'll read other people's. You know, you'll read a story or buy a book and read it, and they. He stepped forward excruciatingly. You know, like, <laughs> what does that even like, mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, how do you step? Paint, does he like, get like, like, bunions? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that doesn't work. So, you know, if we can get some good writing. Well, what did we say the other day on the podcast? Uh, a Stephen King fever dream is better than some of the shit they're putting out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll figure that. We did a remote from the Alamo Draft House. They were doing a double feature. So Y'all have Alamos up there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you familiar with the format? Oh, yeah. Okay. Alamo does double features, Stephen King double features, so they did Cat's Eye and Firestarter. Yeah. And so we, we went up there and we were doing we were just doing interviews with people. Why are you here? What did you come to see? What's your favorite Stephen King movie? Out of like 30 people we talked to, 28 of them, Maximum Overdrive, period. Hands wow. down, favorite favorite Stephen King movie. Period. And that movie is and, all and, cocaine. And every one of them, every one of them was like, "I know it sucks. I don't care. It's awesome." Yeah. And of course, these are the kind of people that are going to a Stephen King double feature. Right. You know, so they're they're fans, but there wasn't there wasn't any kind of variance. I mean, it was right. not even close. Well, it, it's kind of like your diehard fans are, are never going to talk about the big things, right? It's like being a, a fan of a band. Chances are your favorite song is not going to be the one you hear on the radio all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing with movies. You know, uh, you can talk about Peter Jackson all you want, but to me, Peter Jackson is dead alive, meet the feebles. I mean, I know it's gone to another level with the Lord of the Rings and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. that's what I think of because mm-hmm. that's that's that thing, you know, you kind of latch on to. So, uh yeah, I mean, I can see where people can say Maximum Overdrive is their favorite because it's it's the unloved. Mm-hmm. You know, people shun it, but you're like, oh, I wonder why. And they get to watch it like, oh, I kind of like this. Well, it's well, such a unique storyline. It's bizarre. The plot is just awesome. Well, it's dumb, but it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's got some legit scares. So there it's, you go. It's a, That's a good horror movie. Yeah. It's a short story. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, a short, short story. story. I mean, yeah. you try and adapt this novel and you're going to get caught in the minutiae. You, you do a short story, and you just, like you said, you have the core of a story, and then you can build out with yeah. the creative people that are actually making the story. Yep. Well, and Tom Borgia's line, Friday, Friday Part 5, they were like, hated the Friday for you know, it's like, that's not really Jason. Well, yeah, I know, he died in the final chapter. This is a new beginning, so therefore, why are you so mad? But it's a brutal-ass movie. Like, it is, it is a really, really, yeah. it's a good 
you know, it, it holds up. Yeah. And it's hated, but if you watch it, it's nice. It's a good. It's a good fun one. It, it, it's above part seven. I mean, part eight for me. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are above part eight. I think part eight is the worst one. Yeah. I, I can't come up with one that I hate. See, I love less. seven. As goofy as that movie is, I love it, man. Well, you know, he the dialogue's just so painful. It's terrible, yeah. 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 It's like, he's good. Yeah. Like, Jason's awesome. I just dialogue. love the fact that this girl just kicking his butt, and he's just like, what next? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like, they, they kind of replicated that for the Freddy versus Jason, where, you know, it's powers versus the unstoppable force of, of yeah. Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. He's coming to kill you, no matter what you do, so go ahead and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they try to make friends with him, try to make him the anti-hero, and he kills him anyway. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> and, and, and again, and you to bring back the Jaws thing, but I've always looked at Michael Myers and Jason as Jaws on land. Yeah, we even mm-hmm. talked about that. Non-thinking exactly machines that just kill. That's why I didn't really like the Rob Zombie Halloween. Yeah, I'm, because I don't need explanation. It tried mm-hmm. to make it try to make Michael Myers an empathetic character. No, I don't need to. that. It's it, much it, scarier when you don't know yeah, about him. Yeah, isn't there like a parallel to the to the doll's eyes speech in in Jaws to Donald Pleasant mm-hmm. talking Pleasant about the eyes Michael of Michael Myers like being sure being blank and black like a like, like a doll's like eyes. a source of evil. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't remember if they used the same terminology, but I know that it's the same Something point. Like that. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. giving the talk about uh, the, when the ship sinks. He's like, yeah. you look in their eyes and you don't see anything. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, that's what he says. It's like he bites you, he's all black like a yeah. doll, and then yeah. the, the white rolls over, yeah. and then he bites you down, and, yeah. you know. Farewell, So when I was a kid, when we first got cable, so like in your head, you're always thinking that you're behind, but we had a VCR before we had a video store. Right. And we got cable, and so the cable guy comes and he plugs it in, and he leaves the little guide, and the cover of the guide was Jaws 3. And I was seven, and I was just like looking at this thing, and that's in Jaws 3, it's where the, the triangle skiers and the yep. shark's up behind them. Yep. And I was like, I have got to see this. Right. Like this. And I watched Jaws 3, it was on HBO, I think I watched that summer, Jaws 3, like a hundred times. And I loved it, I mean absolutely, but what was so cool about it was that was the first one I saw, Um, and then my dad recorded part two off of uh, late night TV. So in the beginning of part two, the divers are down on the orca, they're exploring the orca. So I was asking my dad, I'm like, what's, you know, what's this? You know, what's the significance of the boat? And he's like, well, that's the original. And uh, we didn't have a video store. You couldn't rent. If it wasn't on TV, <laughs> you, you were just, because I lived in a little small town. Yeah. And so when the video store got the first one, um, we put that in. And, like, I've been obsessed with sharks yeah. ever since. I've got... Um, we're doing our Halloween convention in Houston. I've got a vendor who makes necklaces out of megalodon teeth, and she's like custom making me one right now. I'm like so jazzed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, like I've been just obsessed with sharks ever since. Yeah. So yeah, you met you. Jaws the Revenge doesn't count. I mean yeah. that sucks. But um, yeah. I, like I think even I watched three not too long ago, and half the movies that shark like in that tube like shaking its <laughs> tail. And I'm like, I didn't understand what that was about. And I, and I was like, okay, maybe I missed something. Then I'm 43 years old. I watched it again. I was like, still don't get it. Why, does, why, why is he in that tube? Like she's hiding in the tube the whole time. And <laughs> like, then you get the blimp shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> what about uh, what about Megalodon coming out? The the I'll, Meg. 
I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding my judgment. I want to check yeah. it out. I don't want to yeah. diss it just yet. But there, there was a preview before Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's that thing though, and you just said it while ago is. It's amazing. We've got the technology that we can make these things look incredible now, but we can't make a movie that has the impact of Jaws. Well, it becomes a CGI fest, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, that's the the beam counters at the top. Sure. Because fortunately, Jaws probably wouldn't have been as good if Spielberg would have had the shark working like it. Yeah, yeah. if he had the money that he needed, but it was yeah. failing left and right, and they were so over budget and everything. Yeah. Um, so he had to go with what he had, which was a dock and, right. and barrels. <laughs> you but, know. But the barrels, man. I mean, yeah. like, what's scarier than the shark? Not knowing where the shark is, but knowing that it's there. And yeah. that's what the barrels were, man. Right. I mean, it's... It's that, it's, it, that, it's that darkness. It's the thing in the dark that you're afraid is there. Well, Alfred Hitchcock talks about suspense, right? right? I think I saw this on that, that Alfred Hitchcock show on your house when he used to work there. in the house. And he was, he was saying... Suspense works like this. You have people playing cards at a table and a bomb goes off. That's not a good scene. You show the bomb, then you show people playing cards at the table, and the whole time you're thinking, there's a bomb under that table. That's how suspense works. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, now the, now the shark is here and it startles you and it's eating somebody. No, it's seeing those barrels and knowing the yeah. shark is somewhere. All of a sudden, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know it's there, but you don't know where, you don't know. And that's what he's saying. You do that initial just explosion. He said you get a good five-second shock. He said you show the bomb first. Then you've got two or three minutes that you can drag this thing in there. Like, no, don't. Play cars get out of here. You're driving the, the crowd insane mm-hmm. to try to make the situation change. Well, and like you say, Stephen King wrote the book. He literally wrote the book on writing. Yeah. And he's, he'll spell it right out for you. He's like, horror is walking the line between the known and the unknown. Yeah. And if you show too much of either one, you, you, you have to... So you can't... You know, you, you have to have characters you care about. Yep. Because if... Somebody you don't care about gets hurt. You don't care, right? So you got to you got to develop real characters, and then you got to have a monster that is interesting, yeah. you know, or unseen. As I think that's his exact words. It's either got to be really interesting or unseen. You can't have just a, you know, a, a milk toast monster, right. you know. That's what kills so many of the movies now. I mean, the reason we haven't had a great slasher icon in a long time is because we can't make one that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Or we don't care enough about the people that they're killing. Right. Right. That's it. You take the shark completely out of Jaws, you still got a pretty incredible movie because of the people that are in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to see the shark at all. Yeah. Yeah, man. Robert Shaw. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. I mean... The chemistry with those three main characters is incredible. You've seen the videos of... Uh, Richard Dreyfuss, dog and I. Oh, he was he was doing press junkets saying how much it sucked before, because like it was such a disaster, and he was like basically apologizing. He's like, yeah, I did this movie, it sucks, and then it really hit, and he had to swallow a lot of. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, we Richard Dreyfuss for you. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> he's just I'm C3PO. <laughs> You ever seen the thing I'll say that loud where they're trying out people for the Rose in Star Wars? I don't know. And they do a scene where they use this action and it's the C-3PO outfit. It's like, excuse me, who's in there? And it's Richard. It's Richard Dreyfuss! This <laughs> 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 I mean, that whole skit's great. They tried Burt Reynolds as Darth Vader, you know. Nice. He's like, uh, uh, it's okay, Burt, so uh, here's the part where you, uh, you use the Force Ones guy. Ah, Force, he's uh, 
So what kind of character am I playing here? He's like, oh, you're you're a you know you're a force you know you're you're the bad guy, the villain in the story. He's like, ah, oh, let me ask you something. What kind of car is this guy drive? <laughs> well, you don't drive a car. You use this thing called the force. Ah, huh. the force. <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> well, you kind of twitch your fingers, you know. It's, it's just that whole skit's great. But anyways, it just reminded that's, me of that. That's Burt Reynolds, though. Yeah. Like, we were watching Cannibal Run. We usually, when we record, we have a... a pop it up today. We, we have a movie in the background. <laughs> we're watching, what was it now? We're watching Cannonball Run, and he's always just got chewing gum. He's just, right. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah, that movie looks like it was so much fun to film. I would yeah. love to just be in the background of the set, just watching the, the camaraderie and everything. We got to sit here, Burt Reynolds do a Q&A in yeah. Chicago as well. Oh, wow. It's like he had a blast no matter what movie he was making, man. I actually yeah. told, uh, told Adrian Barbo today, I was like, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana, a huge Swamp Thing fan. You were one of the people that helped personify, you know, my imagination, you know, brought it to the screen and everything. And I said, and then I saw Cannonball Run, and I was like, damn, she is fine. <laughs> <laughs> She just kind of laughed. <laughs> but, you know, I say all the time, her and uh, Cassandra Peterson jump-started my puberty. They, uh, sure. They deepened my voice and everything. <laughs> that was their plan. <laughs> For you specifically. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. My, my dad came. I wish I still had it. I, I'm sure my mom made him get rid of it. My dad came home with a Belvirus stand-up, like a beer ad one time. <laughs> It was like you know, full size. You it's know, like the lamp. He, it's he, like he, the lamp. He, come, <laughs> he comes walking in like. <laughs> oh, what a prize! Like, I was like, "What is that? Where are you gonna put it?" He's like, "Right, there. right in the living room, right there." <laughs> My dad was a prankster. It was awesome. But <laughs> there's little Billy rubbing it. Rubbing it like, I know. That's right. <laughs> Those are as big as my head. <laughs> Elvira Linda Carter, man. Linda Carter was a big one for me. Man. Yeah. Wonder Woman. And man. Debbie Harry back in the day in Blondie. She, she was the first thing to maybe kind of go, Hur! Right. <laughs> well, I remember when, when I was a kid, I wake, it was Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman back to back. Yep. And, uh... Well, I had a thing for ISIS, too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> man, Shazam! Yeah, yeah. That's, we're supposed to be getting one of those, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah a, I year. think ISIS was a spinoff of Shazam. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got a Shazam movie coming out. So, come on, ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking last night. There's 15 superhero comic book movies between now and the end of next year coming out. Crazy. So, so when's DC gonna get another one right? They got Aquaman, Wonder Woman got, 2. And Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, but they, they put uh, Chris and Wig in for Cheetah. Which, huh. Yeah, that's what I said. So at least she's not funny, so she's got that going for her. But wow. Cheetah is is brutal. Yeah. Like, Chris and Wig just doesn't, doesn't... She can surprise you, though. I guess she can I, do a lot of different things. Yeah, I think she can act. Yeah. I, I like Kristen Wiig, but, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting... Considering she started out on Saturday Night Live, it's hard for me to not think of her in at least partially comedic role. Right, you right, know? Right. I think of her in Dewey Cox, too. She's her, yeah, the, the wife. She's in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. She's, right, she's, yeah. I mean, she's kind of as a, a supporting character in that, but she's good. Yeah. Well, I guess that's probably, that's probably one of the things, because, you know, there's, there's the comedic actors that... For whatever reason, and Kristen Wiig's one of them, where it's like she's in a comedic movie, like Bridesmaids. Yeah. That, was, that movie was actually pretty sad. Like yeah. her, her life was wrecked, and yeah. she was not funny. Right. Like her, her, her dialogue wasn't funny. I mean, Melissa McCarthy was the, yeah. you know, the John funny Curry. one in that one. Yeah. But 
she, you know, she's a sad sack, <coughs> kind of depressing and stuff, and a lot of stuff I've seen her in, so it's like, okay, she's not exactly, it's not like Robin Williams, who's hilarious and then does drama well as well. Right. It's just kind of, she's always kind of in that kind of meek sort of, yeah. you know, so that does not, you know, fierce feline doesn't really yeah. pop into my head when I think of that. But it, it may be one of those situations that changes her career, too. Could. You know, just, you know, well, yeah. and maybe DC needs somebody that isn't quite so serious. So if you're not happy with Christian Wig playing this part as Cheetah, uh, you can send all your hate mail to Helming Power Hour at <laughs> Gmail, yeah, we'll, and we'll be glad to we'll represent answer. her. We'll, we'll answer it. <laughs> we'll change it. We'll, we'll get somebody else. The decision is you. That's right. <laughs> I did find it funny that in the superhero movies, they have like six actors that they're like, it's either going to be yeah. this, 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 yeah. this. This is who you're looking for. Yeah. Like, and, and like whenever one of them like lands a role and like sticks with it, then they're like, oh, well, now it's down to five. Yeah. They don't add a f- another six. It's mm-hmm. just like, now we've got five people to choose from. Yeah, I, I'd heard that that's how Marvel does it with scripts. Like that, that what they would do is they would send out, you know, like for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy. That they'd send it to ten scriptwriters and say, write us a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and then they'll take the scripts and they'll select from that. So that they, you know, it isn't so much that they they tell them elements that need to be in it for the conti- the continuity of the universe there, but but they'll. They'll let other people have a take on it, and then I guess whoever the big wigs are at Marvel will uh, will select the one they feel was the best movie. It seems to be working for them because they they have even their lesser ones are are, are more appealing than mm. a lot of the DC stuff. Yeah, man. I, I they just need to turn on the lights. DC. <clears throat> yep. Yes. It's just so dark, and well, it's because it's because Batman pulled him out of the the right. pit. So they're like, well, we're stick with that dark formula. and brooding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and that's that's for me problematic because they 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 changed that formula with Wonder Woman. Yep. Which Wonder Woman was very much Captain America. Fair yeah, enough. Absolutely. I mean, even with the shield, you know, but yeah. but they turned on the lights and they made her, you know, she's. She's positive. She's good without the tragedy. She's right. just good for its own sake. She's, good. you know, she's yeah. she's a she's a goddess. She's yeah. positive. She's like, I'm just helping people because, and she does it and it works. Yeah. And I think there's a cynicism in Hollywood where they're just like, nobody's gonna believe that. But Captain America worked, yeah. and he's like the he's a Boy Scout. But it's like Thor even is more Superman than Superman is. Right. Like. So, I- I don't like Dark Superman. At yeah, that's just I don't, it. You know, they got the World of the Dark Knight. They're trying to add Superman to it. Yeah. Those two universes yeah. don't belong. But they need to contrast each other. Like right. Superman's right. Apollo. He's a sun god, literally. Right. And so, why would he be also pensive? Like, right. I can do anything. So yeah, you foiled a Batman. You have the light and the dark, where they kind of like. Batman is able to do the stuff that Superman kind of can't because he's got that moral code. But and that's. Tension, right. but they don't have to be punching each other. Right. <laughs> like, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they need to go back to Christopher Reeve and take a look at what worked there. Yeah, and and it, then they're gonna say, well, this doesn't work in Batman. They're gonna have to figure that out. Yeah. Well, we well, gotta a bit, a, for them to compliment themselves. Right. Right. Well, because nobody's gonna like Superman if he is both unlikable, inhuman. And also is at odds with the character that everybody likes, being right. Batman. And that's the thing. I, I think they, 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 they are afraid to make Batman into second fiddle by making Superman too likable. 
and if until they get over that, I mean, it's but but the Wonder Woman movie was great, and you know, like like you said, it's because she was good, yep. and she was the best thing about Donna Justice too. Like when when she dropped down in that last scene, I got goosebumps. It was so well done, mm-hmm. but it was the only thing in that movie that that was that was simple enough for me to feel good about. Everything else was like a plot on top of a plot and some kind of something over here and rewrote that. I don't even know what was going on. We even got Dark Aquaman. That's hard to do. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's too much dark. And then the same thing. They're like, okay, well, we're losing our butts to shared universe, but we were talking on the way up here last night. Iron Man. If they had not made another superhero movie at all (coughs) and Iron Man stood alone, it stands alone. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that connects the first Iron Man with any of the rest of the shared universe was the post credit scene with Nick Fury. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm building up a team. But that team didn't come together for like another five years while they were dropping in Captain America, you know, and building and, and, and building, building them up. But Captain America's movie, it wasn't like, oh, well, let's go ahead and throw Iron Man in there right now. It's like, just... Yeah. Give them a standalone movie, let people get emotionally invested in the character. And then you can bring them all together. And yeah. see, they were trying to beat Marvel to the punch. That's what they were trying to do. Because even the storyline for Justice League was the same thing we're going through right now with Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. It's trying to get those three boxes together and get Darkseid to come. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, what? This well, is- and Darkseid is a. Well, is it Thanos? It's a copy of Darkseid. I think it's Darkseid's a copy of Thanos. One of the two, but they're like yeah. they're Darkseid the exact appeared, appeared first. Yeah, yeah I think so, Darkseid's. So, so yeah, they're, they're mean, the same character. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know how that works between the two companies. But as far as a movie is like, it, it's it's the same old thing we see with the Italians making sequels to movies that don't even you know, uh, you know, it's that same thing of just doing a kind of a rip off. They well, kind of beat them to the punch. And you're saying like people people go back and forth like with the Evil Dead, and they'll say like, oh, it's this or it's that or it's good or it's bad, whatever. The thing that so many people that are critical of like Superman, like Superman's boring because he can do anything he wants, and he's just kind of a like, okay, that's cool, that's fair enough. I've got this DVD that's got a bunch of cartoons on it from the 40s, and he can't fly, and he like gets hit with tear gas and it makes him cough, and he's trying to stop a train, and he like puts a shoulder into it, and it's pushing him down the track and yeah. knocks him off to the side. So here's how you make Superman compelling. You start him off where his powers are developing, yeah. and then by the end of the movie, it's like the Matrix. He's like, now he's flying. Now he, now you know, he survives an explosion or something. He flies up into the stratosphere and like gets a full burst of sunlight. You know, then you can have a compelling Superman that he's just like, I'm awesome. Yeah, and he's still got. He can have the moral code, but he's got some weakness where it's not just, you know, because yeah, you're right. If if he can blow out a star, he's boring. Yeah, um, you can't beat him. But if you can still beat him and he's overcoming and learning and stuff, and then whenever he meets Batman, they're they're historically they're always friends. Yeah. They disagree with each other's tactics. Sure. But they're friends. Yeah. And you know, and then Wonder Woman's in there doing her thing too. I mean, you'd have you just make the original super friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. and You're turn on the lights. Then bring in <laughs> Apache Chief. <laughs> and everything don't have to be so dark. Even even Infinity War, as dire as yeah. it was, 
is funny. Yeah. The yeah. Guardians are hilarious. <coughs> you know? And the Wonder Twins would be so cool to see. It's the third time I wonder twins. We've been bringing that up for the past three days. <laughs> Shape of water. Shape of a bucket. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I can't ever think of them without thinking of Family Guy. Yeah. Where he's like, she's like, Shape of a hawk. He's like, Shape of a tampon. He's like, now we wait. <laughs> that is so gross. Oh, it's just, I mean, I just, I always wanted to see a conversation of those two offset like you know like between after they beat some bad guys like look we go through this every time I'm going to turn into an animal you got to do something more creative than a bucket of water (laughs) (laughs) alright that's just not really getting us anywhere (laughs) in the form of some ice cubes what Well, they're, they're, not, they're trying to put out a fire. So I'm going to become a giant eagle and dump a bucket of water in a fire. It's like, you don't need a superpower for that. It's called a hose. It's called a fire extinguisher. <laughs> what did the monkey do? What did Gleep do? Like, uh, they laugh, carry the laugh at him? They carry the bucket. By the animal with the bucket in his... <laughs> like if you have a monkey, he doesn't need to have a purpose. You just have a monkey. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My dad tells a story like when he was growing up, people weren't as uh, pedified, so you could order a monkey on, out of a magazine. And he, was, he got a monkey. And uh, he went to school, he came home, the monkey was gone. What happened to my monkey? The monkey had gotten into his, into his bedroom, like pulled all his drawers open and shut, threw all his clothes everywhere. And my grandmother was like, no more monkey. <laughs> Drove it down to the pound. <laughs> Can you imagine working at the pound and have some dude show up with a monkey? He like, have a lady. Like, Get rid of this monkey for me. <laughs> when I was in high school, I remember a guy named Jason Byard. They had a spider monkey in the garage that they kept. He'd throw shit yeah. at everybody. Oh, yeah. You could that's what they do. You buy them. Yeah. That's, that's really why you're not allowed to go buy a monkey. Because it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Somebody's like, you know what? There might be somebody out there that needs a monkey, but most people don't. <laughs> so let's just put some restrictions. Yeah, on really, the only thing you're going to be able to really do is train them to steal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What a resurgence of uh, monkey oh. business. <laughs> Going bananas. Going bananas. <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome movie, man. Danny DeVito is his. Uh... Danny DeVito and Tony Danza. <laughs> I'm looking at the time. It's probably about time to wrap it up. We've got gone a little bit long for a regular, but hey, man. It's easy. It's easy and good company. It's been fun talking to everybody, and we're going to go downstairs and get some more beers and meet some more celebs and buy some more swag. So we'll be in touch soon. I will send you these files and we'll cross post. Good time. And I'll tell you what music's going to be at the front and the back, too. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. That's awesome. Hey, you had us, man. You're the one pushing the buttons. Hey. Cool. <laughs> well, we're in your room. so okay. And y'all have two beds. Scott, they got two beds. We got a sofa bed. We have two beds. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's a lot bigger than the one you're It ain't there. that kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you later. Stay scary. Later.